السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حيا عن الصلاة الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهديه ونعوذ بالله تعالى من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه من خلقه وخليله بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح للأمة فكشف الله تعالى به الغم وجاهد في الله حق جهاده حتى أتاه اليقين من ربه اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد الرحمة المهداة وعلى آل بيته الطيبين الطاهرين وعلى أصحابه وعلى من تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون All praises belonging to Allah Azza wa Jal May the peace and blessings be upon our beloved Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم 
upon his family and companions in entirety, you ask Allah Azza wa Jal on this blessed day of Friday to make within us the foundations that will lead to success for us as individuals and as a community, as an ummah. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us with the foundations of a healthy community and a healthy ummah. And to make us agents for change, agents for goodness and uh, people who are truly committed to the message of Islam and spreading it, its goodness to everything and everyone in our lives. Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen. Amma ba'd, we also continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in Palestine and in Gaza, four months in, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them victory, true victory, enduring victory over their oppressors. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rid the land from corruption and from transgression and aggression. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make their hearts firm and resilient as they continue to deal with the trial and calamity that has befallen them. Allahumma ansurhum nasran azizan muazzara wa rudda a'da'ahum ala a'qab bihim kha'ibina khasi'ina khazaya nadimin wa la taj'al lahum sarfan wa la nasra ya qawiyu ya aziz anta hasbuna ni'mal mawla wa ni'mal wakil ni'mal mawla wa ni'mal nasir. Amma ba'd. Brothers and sisters, Throughout our khutab and our classes for the past four months, we've learned a lot of lessons from what's unfolding uh, uh, in our reality, in our times. And as we've emphasized often, Gaza and what's happening there has dispelled many notions from the mind. And at the top of the list of what it has dispelled is this idea and this thought, this misconception that I could maintain a true sense of Iman and, live a, and then live a personal private life about me, myself and I, not committing to a greater calling or a greater message, not feeling or identifying as though I am part of a larger body called the Ummah of Muhammad Wasallam. It's removed any possibility for me to fully experience Iman divorced of what's happening in the world around me. That's not possible. And Alhamdulillah and Bifadlillah through the great pain that we've experienced through Palestine and through many other experiences of our modern day, we find that the hearts of the Ummah of Muhammad many of the members of Ummah Muhammad have become awakened by this, by this idea. I want to do something. I feel a sense of purpose because the people of Gaza woke my heart and inspired me. And this is one of the realities of life that is so beautiful to reflect on. No one likes to experience tragedy or heartache or pain. But one of the things that the Qur'an affirms is that Allah Azza wa Jal gives life to the lifeless. And the process of giving life to the lifeless is not always an easy one or a glamorous one. It sometimes takes a lot of bitter experience to awaken the heart. And that's how we as believers interpret and translate tragedy and difficulty and adversity. Gaza has dispelled this notion. No, I, if I'm going to be true to my iman, and if I'm truly going to be a member of Ummah Muhammad wasallam, I need to do something. I need to carry my iman with me wherever I go. 
I need to carry it with me to my workspace, to my home, uh, to my community, and I need to carry it with me whenever I deal with and engage with anyone. It has also dispelled other notions, and this could be a khutbah in itself. The, the, the notions that, the false notions that Gaza has dispelled, another one of these, is that prosperity is defined by the material. That it, Gaza has demolished this concept and this idea. That prosperity, success, happiness, um, tawfiq, sa'ada can ever be rooted in something in the material realm. لا أبداً كلا والله No way. No room to leave, even begin to think like that. Gaza has destroyed that notion. We've said it many times before. That there are people in mansions who wish they had the hope that the people of Gaza have in their humble and difficult circumstances that they're dealing with. Gaza has also dispelled other notions that people could continue to Govern community, society, nations without regard for principles, boundaries, values and get away with it. No, we've seen in the past week or two, in the past few weeks, that there is something unheard of relating to Qadiyat Palestine that is brewing. The thought that Western countries and Western institutions would be at the forefront of possibly considering that what Israel is doing is truly an act of genocide. That's something that has never happened in our modern history because of the corrupt dynamic that the Zionist state of Israel has created on every level of living, political and social and otherwise. That's something unheard of. It's a big thing. To see a country like South Africa lead the case against Israel. We already know. We know without a doubt. There's no doubt in this world, in our hearts, that what Israel is doing is apartheid, is genocide, is ethnic cleansing, and they've been doing it and getting away with it for decades. But what the Sunan of Allah Azza wa Jal refused to allow is to allow this, country, this, this, this corruption to continue to reign supreme over the lives of humanity. That doesn't happen. History always shows us otherwise. History always shows us otherwise. You could allow corruption to fester for decades, it'll come to an end. That's the sunnah of Allah Azza wa Jal. And when we think about this, brothers and sisters, I need to consider on a personal level, what I need to do, what it means to be committed and to be a part of a healthy community. What are, the spiritually, what are the spiritual principles that govern the self and community that could lead to this pathway to victory? No, victory is not this something that's so far off and uh, unattainable. Right? We've learned that through what's happened in these past four months. These past four months has shown us one of the most technologically advanced armies brought to its knees by people who hardly have any means. Brothers and sisters, as we learn and reflect, what must I learn as a believer, 
about what Iman's supposed to be and what it's supposed to do to me. We know that Iman is supposed to be nurtured. It has to be nurtured. It's not something we're born with. We learn this beautiful sense of Iman through this journey through life, this walk through life that is teaching us lessons with every day that passes. The companions of the Prophet wasallam. They drew their iman from the iman of Muhammad They culti- He cultivated their iman and that's why their iman was so special. So iman needs to be cultivated and nurtured. And it's meant to be nurtured through a community. That's why the Prophet rallied the companions from day one around this message. And during that Meccan period for 13 years of spreading it, there wasn't a single munafiq in the ranks of the Prophet All pure iman. Why? Because there was no advantage of being a munafiq during that time. That's part of the impacts of struggles. Right? There's nothing more significant and beneficial for the heart than the shada'id and difficulties that Allah Azza wa Jal puts in our way that nurture our iman. Right? لا ينفع القلب شيء أكثر من الشدائد تثبت الإيمان في القلب وتغرسه it implants إيمان and roots it deeply into the heart that's what struggles do and on the verse and we see what entitlement does entitlement actually is this big contaminant this corrosive cancer to عبوديه that's what that's what entitlement is I deserve this I need to be treated like this Allah owes me this right my, my, uh, I've been pampered through life because of my means and my family and X, Y, and Z. So I don't have the grit or the will to deal with trials. The people of Gaza don't have an opportunity to be an entitled bunch. And we see the unique iman it created. Right? Brothers and sisters, why is this so significant to think about now? One of the beautiful scenes that we saw in our community was yesterday in the masjid, ICPC Patterson. We saw the masjid full, packed with students from two of our Islamic schools, Ghazali and Al-Hikmah. It was a morning full of speaking about Gaza. And you saw the faces of the children and the words coming out of their mouth. And all of them um, speaking to the fact that I want... To be part of this. I want to see victory in Palestine. I, I, I care about what's happening hundreds of miles on the other side of this world. That's a beautiful thing to see. To see that in the hearts of young people. There's nothing more significant that a parent could pass on to their children. Than giving him this sense of greater calling. You know the Prophet Sallallahu tells us this. You want to live a life about you, yourself and I, me, myself and I. I want to live like that. Prophet ﷺ tells us that person will fall prey to the shaitan. No doubt. Prophet ﷺ tells us, Prophet ﷺ says, any group of three in a town or in a rural area who do not make the call to prayer, do not establish jama'ah, will find that the shaitan will take charge of their affairs. There is no greater gift that I could give to the shaitan than divorcing my children from mission and divorcing them from community. That's like giving 
the shaitan, my children on a golden platter. Go ahead, instill within them every misconception and every desire and all of the contaminant things in society that derail people in their lives between drugs and illicit relationships and corrupt friendships and all of those things that are destroying and eating away at the hearts of people right now, brothers and sisters. That is how you give the shaitan your children on a golden platter. May Allah protect us and forgive us. May Allah preserve us from being of those who fall prey to the shaitan and isolate away from good people. Brothers and sisters, there is a system that our deen has taught us. This system teaches us how to govern everything about us and about our lives. And this system will lead to true victory. When I, when I think about victory, what comes to mind? I think of uh, this grand celebration and Udda and Atad and being, uh, having this uh, ma uh, material might and this uh, political clout or this military strength or whatever. That's, that's victory. The pathway to victory starts from within the hearts. That's one of the other notions that the Gaza has dispelled. It's dispelled this notion. That victory starts from somewhere else other than my own soul. There's a system that my deen teaches. It's not just salawat that I do. Yeah, I'm going to pray the salawat. I'm praying Jumu'ah now. I'm going to fast Ramadan. I read Quran. I make dua. I give sadaqat. And then what? What, what? what system has Islam guided me to that is supposed to make my life go down the right direction, the right path? It's a trilateral route for community. It's based in focusing on the betterment and refinement of three aspects of my being. My knowledge base that guides my understandings and my decision making. Ya Allah. This one by itself. My knowledge. I'm not talking about information now. I'm talking about fahm. Understanding. That leads to certain decision making. These decisions either... Make me or break me. This decision making either leads to great happiness or great regret. This knowledge base is something that the Quran preserves and guides. Because if it's corrupted, then a critical component in my being will be corrupted. When we come to define dhulm and oppression, what's, what's dhulm and oppression? Oh, I know what Israel is doing. Yeah, that, I, know, I know that's dhulm and oppression. Yeah. I know that's oppression, but what is oppression defined as? What is the core of it? The root of it. Our deen teaches us the essence and core of oppression is is to have an imbalance, uh, uh, putting things in improper scales, is having, not knowing how to govern yourself spiritually, emotionally, socially, intellectually. That's what oppression fundamentally at its core is the first of this trilateral route is knowledge and preserving understandings. Ya Allah, if you think about it, how much has jahl and ignorance taken a toll on the lives of people in their family relationships, in their friendships, uh, in their attitudes towards their life, in their perceptions of things. Jahl, just this one word is like a termite 
is to wood. Wallahi, it eats, at, eats away at the core of life and living. So many things, distractions, so much nonsense that my mind gets caught up in that derails me from my real purpose. So brothers and sisters, the second of the, this trilateral root is character. Character inspires and instills trust, loyalty between members of society. When you find a society that's void of character, that is a society that will not thrive, cannot thrive, because it's missing a second critical component for thriving. Character, brothers and sisters, it governs every aspect of our lives. Prophet teaches us, he teaches us وسلم, that character is something so critically had that if it's lost, you'll find that that society will crumble. Prophet وسلم, he says in the hadith, Dabbafikum. Linking and referencing two ill characteristics that have led to the demise of nations. The Prophet ﷺ traces it back to envy, traces it back to hatred. In another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ tells us about Bani Israel. He says in the Bani Israel, وَالَّذِي نَفْسُ مُحَمَّدٍ بِيَدِهِ لَوْ أَنَّ فَاطِمَةَ بِنْتَ مُحَمَّدٍ قَطَعَتْ يَدَهَا لَوْ أَنَّ فَاطِمَةَ بِنْتَ مُحَمَّدٍ سَرَقَتْ لَقَطَعْتُ يَدَهَا Prophet ﷺ, he tells us in the hadith that one of the things that have afflicted those before you is that when people of stature and status would do something wrong, they would be left to do what they want to do. And when people of lowliness, of little status, would do something wrong, they would be punished. The Prophet ﷺ teaches us how good leadership can inspire trust between people. The Prophet ﷺ says, If my own daughter was to do something wrong, then I would be the first to hold her accountable. There's these two beautiful lines of poetry, brothers and sisters. Two beautiful lines of poetry that teach us a lot about... This idea that spiritually governing the self and society is what truly protects, protects us on every level. Look at these two beautiful lines. It says, لا يصلح الناس فوضى لا سرات لهم ولا سرات إذا جهالهم سادوا والبيت يبتنى له عمد ولا عماد إذا لم ترس أوتادوا Two beautiful lines. What does he say here? He says that there's no way that people can find goodness in their lives if they don't have good leadership to inspire them, right? Because we as human beings, we're, we're um, impressionable. We tend to follow and get influenced by those around us. Some more than others, but by nature, that's how we're designed, if people don't have a guiding light, if they don't have nobles, what does sarah mean? It means nobles, people of noble character, people of goodness, people of ihsan. If they don't have that guiding them along the way, then you'll find their affairs will never be bettered. I need to seek to be one of those people that inspires others to be better. 
And then he says, وَلَا سَرَاتَ إِذَا جُهَالُهُمْ سَادُوا And you will find that there will be nothing, no goodness, no nobility, no honor that remains when the ones who take charge of the affairs of people are those who are utterly ignorant. And then he says, when you want to build a house, this house is built on foundations. وَالْبَيْتُ يُبْتَنَى لَهُ عُمُدٌ You could get the best building materials on the face of the earth, made of whatever high-quality materials that there are. He says, in order to build this structure, you need those pillars for your structure. But those pillars are irrelevant and insignificant if they're not properly placed. Get the best building material in the world. If you don't properly put it in the ground, it's going to come collapsing on its face. That's what's going to happen with every structure, brothers and sisters. What is this teaching us? I need a system to govern my iman. It's not just salah, it's not just Quran, it's not just dua, and it's not just siyam. It is all of those things, but these things play into and plug into something that's supposed to change my mind. And the way I think about things, my character, and the way I speak about things and engage things. And it's supposed to, and there's the third of the trilateral route, it's supposed to guide my sense of spirituality. My sense of spirituality that's supposed to continue to revive my heart and remove all of the clutter and the distractions from my way. You don't believe me? This is the way the Quran describes it. The Quran, look at what it beautifully says. When Allah Azza wa wants to describe knowledge and understanding, it describes it as this ability to discern things with detail. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ خَلْقُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافُ أَلْسِنَتِكُمْ وَالْوَانِكُمْ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِلْعَالِمِينَ Allah Azza wa Jal says of His miraculous signs is the creation of the heavens and the earth and then what? Your differences in your tongues and the differences in your appearances. And then He says in that are signs for people of understanding. In another verse Allah Azza wa Jal says وَمِنَ النَّاسِ وَالدَّوَابِّ وَالْأَنْعَامِ مُخْتَلِفٌ أَلْوَانُهُ كَذَلِكَ when Allah describes knowledge, it's about the ability to discern things with detail, see things for what they are, to think, take things in, and to reflect on them deeply, to utilize this critical faculty of my being that Allah gave me. Right? He says, People are different, animals are different, cattle are different, they're all of different colors and shades. And then he says, you will find that those who have a true sense of khashya and submission to Allah are people of understanding, people of knowledge. Not information, understanding. Brothers and sisters, when we think about this and assess this and we go to Surah Al-Baqarah, the biggest surah of the Qur'an, Allah Azza wa Jal starts off this surah with telling us about types of people. Who are the types of people? And you will find the critical feature that distinguishes between the types of people is, are these principles that govern people and their faculties and their emotions and the way they engage things. That's what Allah Azza wa Jal describes to us. In the beginning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, you want to know what the essence of what kufr and nifaq are all about? Disbelief and hypocrisy. Allah says, the result being disbelief and hypocrisy is coming about because of what? Khatam Allahu ala him, the heart's not reflecting. There's no sense of conscience. him, this person's not listening to things in a meaningful way that's changing them. Yeah, they're getting advice after advice after advice, but it's not seeping into their hearts. 
And on their eyes there is a blur. They can't see things for what they are. This critical malfunction or failure of the faculties and of the body is exactly what led to disbelief and nifaq and hypocrisy. That's how the Quran describes it. Spiritual governance of self and community. All right, what is this system? What does, it te- what does it teach me to focus on? What does it teach me to focus on? It teaches me to focus on, first and foremost, my thoughts and my attitudes. Because my thoughts are the preamble to my actions. That's what it is. That's why the scholars of spirituality, they teach us that if you truly want to be someone who experiences what it means to have healthy iman, then what? You will observe your thoughts before you observe your actions. Because your, ac- your, your, thoughts are a culmin- your actions are a culmination of your thoughts. The first pillar in this system, watch my thoughts, watch my attitudes. What are the words that are coming out of my mouth? What do my conversations look like? That's the second one. My actions, what am I doing? How am I engaging and how am I functioning? The public and the private. Suhbat al-khaliq wa suhbat al-khalq. The public and the private. What's happening between these two? If I want to be honest with myself, how is my private life different than my public one? That's a tough question to answer. Allah, it's a tough question to answer. It requires a whole lot of ikhlas. And you know what? If I have this level of ikhlas, I'm going to find that there's no way that I could answer this question without the result being, man, I need to fix this and that and the other thing over there. And there's a whole lot of things that I, I'm doing that are subpar. This is, if a person is sincere with himself, this will be the result of this, the, answering this question. How is my public different than my private? How am I engaging with Allah and engaging with people? As we said, the Quran already removes this possibility that my venture through Iman could be this personal private one that has nothing to do with anyone or anything. The Quran already removes this notion. But then Gaza came along and emphasized it. Gaza came along and the current events and what's happening in the world. You know what? If I continue to only care about my business, my money, my accounts, my investments, my family, my material assets. If I continue to think about all of this while everything is happening in the world the way it's happening and I only care about this. That does not really speak well to how I'm choosing to live my life as a person. The Quran already dispels this notion. Look at what the, when, when, the, when Allah Azza wa Jal tells us, tells us about Iman. Among these categories of people, in the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah, you know what Allah Azza wa Jal says? Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says, at the very beginning, who, how does He describe the people of Taqwa? They believe in the unseen. This is the biggest challenge and trial of Iman. Because none of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. None of us could have ever foreseen that Gaza four months in would still have this sense of sumud and resilience in the face of uh, this powerful military. None of us could have perceived that. None of us knows what's awaiting us tomorrow. That symbolizes and expresses my relationship with Allah. Ends there? No. That symbolizes and expresses my relationship with people. This is what governs Islamic spirituality, brothers and sisters. My words and conversations, my thoughts and my attitudes, my actions. 
the public and the private, my companionship to Allah and my companionship to people and the way I address wrongdoing. I better believe it. If I'm a person who's going to live life, I'm going to make a whole lot of mistakes and I'm going to have a choice to make. How am I going to address my mistakes? I could either choose to bury them. I'm, not going to, I'm just going to disregard it. Or I could choose to double down and insist. Or I could choose to look at myself critically and say, you know what? This path is not really viable. I'm going to retrace my steps and correct myself and I'm going to find something better. I made a mistake. I was wrong to go down this path. That requires a whole lot of sincerity, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, when I talk about character and how that governs my life, it governs every aspect of it. Every aspect of it. When we said character inspires loyalty and trust, well, how does that look like? In the, what are examples of that in the relationships of people? When I talk about my relationship with my parents, what does Allah Azza wa Jal say? Allah tells me, hey, you claim to be a good son, you claim to be a good daughter, your parents are good and healthy today, you're not going to give me your answer today. It's not, it's not going to show now. You know when it's going to show? When your parents are no longer able to do anything for themselves and you have to do it. What are you going to do then? How are you going to function then? When these parents who throughout most of your younger years we're able and healthy. Now we're weak and you are the stronger side. What are you going to do? Show the character that you have. That's when it's going to show. When I have this full power and ability over something or someone and they're at my mercy. Right? Allah gives us an example in the Quran of this situation when I am utterly powerful and the other side is utterly powerless. Yatama, they're orphans. I have their money in my bank account. I could get away with doing whatever I want with their money. They're hardly going to find anyone to come defend them. What am I going to do? Allah Azza wa Jalla tells us, hey, be careful. Accept with that which is best. That is what's going to show character. That's what's going to show iman. And there's many, many, many other examples that could go in that vein. These are the foundations of a healthy community, brothers and sisters. A healthy heart brings about, brings light, or bring, gives life to a healthy community. Healthy hearts give life to a healthy community. I ask Allah Azza wa Jal to better us and forgive us, and to guide us, and to inspire us, and to use us. Ask Allah Azza wa Jal to make us agents for change and agents for goodness wherever we go. Allahumma ameen. Allahumma ameen. Ud'u Allah wa antum muqinuna bil ijaba. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin ashrafil khalqi wa Sayyidil mursaleena wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een Ya ayuhal ladhina amanu attaqullaha wal tanzur nafsum ma qaddamat li ghadin wa attaqullaha inna allaha khabirun bima ta'amaloon Amma ba'd brothers and sisters These are the beginnings of a thought process that each one of us needs to undertake I need to consider my iman through this lens What am I feeding my mind? What am I speaking with my tongue? 
what am, how am I functioning? How am I acting? What does my character look like? What am I feeding my soul? How does my life look like publicly and privately? Do I show regard for those who I need to show regard? Do I address my mistakes when they need to be addressed? Do I care about this greater calling that we each individually have to be part of the Ummah of Muhammad and to bring ourselves together as a community, as a band of believers, growing together in Iman? Brothers and sisters, I started with that example about the Islamic school and the two Islamic schools and seeing our young children as the bright and gleaming examples for the future, inshallah. The future bodes well for the Ummah of Muhammad when we see our young children taking the mantle and wanting to be part of goodness and wanting to be part of change. Each one of us has to make a decision for themselves. Am I also going to make that choice of seeking to do something more significant than what relates to my direct reality and my direct personal life with my iman. How am I going to do that? I need to orient myself in a way that could truly lead to success in my personal life and that could truly contribute to success on a bigger scale for us as a community. Parents, don't forget this. Don't forget this. You want to know the best thing you could get your children, the best gift you could get them? For the uh, Eid or for whatever. You know what the best gift altogether is? Giving them this sense of mission and this sense of commitment. The greatest gift that could be passed on from a mother, father to their children. Make sure you give your children this gift. And if we all do that, then we'll find the Ummah of Muhammad in a better state as the years pass. May Allah use us for goodness. Allahumma ameen. اللهم أصلحنا وأصلح بنا واهدنا واهد بنا واجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم اغفر لنا ولوالدينا ولوالدي والدينا ولأبنائنا وبناتنا وذرياتنا أصلح اللهم قلوبنا وأصلح أحوالنا وأصلح أحوال المسلمين والمسلمات في كل مكان أصلح على أمة حبيبك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم في مشارق الأرض ومغاربها اللهم فك الكرب عن أمة حبيبك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ردنا إلى دينك مردا جميلا اللهم ولي أمورنا خيارنا ولا تولي أمورنا شرارنا ولا تسلط علينا بذنوبنا من لا يخافك ولا يرحمنا اللهم في لصغيرنا وكبيرنا وذكرنا وأنثانا وشاهدنا وغائبنا اللهم نحيته منا فحيه على الإيمان ومن أمته منا فأمته على الإسلام اللهم اجعل خير عمرنا آخرة واجعل خير عملنا خواتمة واجعل خير أيامنا يوم نلقاك فيه وانت راض عنا آمين آمين وآخر دعوان الحمد لله من الأقم الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله استقيم يرحمني يرحمكم الله الله أكبر
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والتين والزيتون وطول سينين وهذا البلد الأمين لقد خلقنا الإنسان في أحسن تقويم ثم رددناه أسفل سافلين إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات فلهم أجر غير ممنون فما يكذبك بعد بالدين أليس الله بأحكم الحاكمين الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر
السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم uh, just four quick announcements number one tonight inshallah six o'clock ICPC Patterson Dr. Hatim Bazian is going to be there doing a session with Sheikh Khatanani uh, number two Right after that, if you head over here for the Friday forum after Salat al-Aisha, it'll be Oran with Sheikh Osama and Ustaz Zaid. It's going to be an Ask Me Anything. Number three, tomorrow in ICPC Patterson at 2 o'clock, there's going to be a training session. In case you, as an individual, want to file a claim against the State of Israel with the International Criminal Court. Um, <clears throat> so whether you've lost money, land, or life, um, whether it's to you personally or somebody that you know, you are legally entitled to make a claim against the state of Israel. So tomorrow that training is going to be at 2 o'clock. They'll actually go through how you can submit a claim for yourself. Even if it's for not your person or somebody that you know, you can still submit the claim, inshallah. Uh, the last one, uh, we were coming to sell rugs. There were going to be rugs being sold today, but somebody donated them all. They paid for everything and donated them and asked for us to make du'a for them and their family. So if the shit can make a quick du'a for them. That'll be all. Assalamu alaikum. Jazakum Allah khair. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to give them khair and barakah and bless them and their families and facilitate their affairs and give them ease. Allahumma ameen. Allahumma barik lahum. Allahumma arzukhum. Allahumma islahum umurahum. Allahumma islahum umurahum. Allahumma islah ahwalahum. Allahumma barik lahum fi infaqihim wa fi arzaqihim. Ya Rabbil Alameen wa fi ahlihim wa fi awladihim. Ya Rabbil Alameen. اللهم وفقنا للإنفاق في سبيلك وللعمل لدينك يا رب العالمين اللهم استعملنا ولا تستبدلنا اللهم استعملنا ولا تستبدلنا اللهم اختم لنا بخير أجمعين والحقنا بالصالحين واجعلنا من ورثة جناتك جنات النعيم سأكمل